Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck is here to preview his special live coverage tonight. Airs immediately after this program at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. And a new government handout program in Oakland, California, is helpfully giving out free money to help people through tough times. What a great idea. Um, unless you're a white person, you're not white, are you? Ew. In which case, if you are, uh, shut up and get back to the basement. Uh, thank you for being here uh, tonight. If you followed me on Instagram yet, I would certainly appreciate that. You should, because I really need to have more followers than my wife. For self-esteem reasons, it's important to me. If you follow the link in the bio, at uh, Studios America on Instagram, you can watch this stupid show absolutely free on any platform you want. Talk about a sweet deal. And speaking of sweet deals, we finally got our brand new Anyone Else for Governor mugs in stock. Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo, the redhead from Sex in the City. No, no, please. Anyone else for governor, get yours now at stewdoesmerch.com. Well, somebody fired a gun in America. So that must mean it's time for the left to go insane with gun control legislation. Let's see if their bad argument is any different from the past 5,342 bad arguments they've given last, all the last times, as we finally do once again, Assault weapons. Stu does America. As I might have mentioned approximately 417,000 times during the campaign last year, Joe Biden is not a moderate. He might be kind of moderate next to Bernie Sanders or Joseph Stalin. But he's not a moderate in any meaningful sense when we're talking about the politics of the United States. Now, now that people are, all, I don't know, allowed out of their houses again, we've had a couple of terrible mass shootings in the last couple of weeks. And instead of viewing this as a tragedy that is difficult to prevent in a country of 330 million people, Biden and his administration are viewing this as an opportunity. Never let a crisis go to waste. While we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive, the weapons he used, the guns, the magazines, the weapons, the modifications that apparently have taken place to those weapons that are involved here, I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues in the House and Senate to act. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. I got that done when I was a senator. It passed. It was law for the longest time. And it brought down these mass killings. We should do it again. We can close the loopholes in our background check system, including the Charleston loophole. That's one of the best tools we have right now to prevent gun violence. <sighs> Biden went on to basically beg senators to take action, and it sure sort of sounded like his days of celebrating the importance of the filibuster in the Senate are over. This has been the issue from the start. There was always going to be an event or something just too serious to let these gosh darn Republicans get in the way. Uh, gun control might just be that issue. We'll have to see. Even though none of these proposals will do anything to fix these problems. The first big pitch is the assault weapons ban. Before I go into the assault weapons ban and explain how worthless it all is, it's important to note that I consider it to be completely unconstitutional anyway, and this shouldn't even be a conversation. But beyond that, it just doesn't work. 
Assault rifles or modern sporting rifles are in a category of guns that are almost never responsible for a murder. Now, it's a big country, and these events are highly publicized when they do happen, so you probably remember them. But only about one in 350,000 rifles in this country are actually used in a murder, meaning that roughly 99.997% of them are not. I certainly understand and can agree with the hope that this number ticks down from 1 in 350,000 to 0 in 350,000. But how do you accomplish that? You're trying to pre uh, prevent a, an event so rare, signing a couple of laws is never going to get rid of it. How do we know this? Well, for one, as Joe Biden just pointed out, we already tried it. We had an assault weapons ban instituted in the mid-90s. As part of that law, studies were commissioned to see how well it worked. And while it left open the possibility for some unseen benefits that might happen in the future, the author of the study said, quote, in general, we found really very, very little evidence, almost none, that gun violence was becoming any less lethal or any less injurious during this time frame. So on balance, we concluded that the ban had not had a discernible impact on gun crime during the years it was in effect, end quote. Now, some people on the left complain about the mid-90s ban, that it didn't go far enough to restrict magazines or it left too many loopholes open. All right, let's look at a place that did it right, Australia. It's important to note that after mass shootings in Australia in the 90s, they didn't let a crisis go to waste. They passed a sweeping set of gun laws within 12 days of the murders. This is always a good idea. The time to act in the most sensible way is in a time of national panic and mourning. You always get the best sober decision making when you do it that way. But they went way beyond an assault weapons ban. Sure, the so-called 1996 National Agreement on Firearms did ban automatic and semi-automatic assault rifles. Of course, of course it did. But it also made it tougher to get a license. It tightened ownership rules. It made people take a firearm safety course. And it made you prove to the government that you had a, quote, genuine need for your guns. That last part would not even be close to constitutional in the United States. Australia also implemented a massive gun buyback program, which is not actually a buyback program at all. It's confiscate and compensate. A smiley face is sort of stamped on the t-shirts of the gun grabbers, and that's supposed to make you feel better. If this program would be instituted at the same levels in the United States, we would have to buy back about 100 million guns. Good luck with that one. Not to mention you'd be done, there'd still be 250 million guns on the streets. Makes no sense. Again, this plan is far more aggressive than anything being proposed by any Democratic politician in the United States, at least in public. So how did it work out? A 2008 study from the University of Melbourne concluded that, quote, there is little evidence to suggest the Australian mandatory gun buyback program had any significant effects on firearm homicides. Oops. Another study concluded something similar, quote, the gun buyback and restrictive legislative changes had no influence on firearm homicide in Australia. All of that for no influence and no significant effects. These things don't 
work. They're also not constitutional, so they shouldn't be able to be implemented anyway. But even when they are, they do not work. Grant Dewey, he's the director of research at the Minnesota Department of Corrections, wrote perhaps the best known history of mass murder in the United States, conveniently titled Mass Murder in the United States, A History. And he showed that the peak of mass shootings in the U.S. actually happened in 1929. Since the 60s, there's been an uptick, which has bounced around from decade to decade. But it's an impossibly small problem to try to control with broad and stupid laws. As Dewey has noted, only 0.2% of all murders in the United States occur as part of mass shootings. Eliminating all of them, every single one, leaves you with 99.8% of the murders still in place. And that's before people just pick up another weapon and kill people another way, which is exactly what happened when we had an assault weapons ban in the 90s. As Dewey put it, the, quote, chances of being killed in a mass shooting are probably no greater than being struck by lightning. While he allows that background checks may help in some cases in the future, he notes that we do not have the research needed to support those claims at this point. His number one step to try and stop gun crime, quote, increase access and availability of mental health treatment, followed by downplaying cultural messages that glorify violence and aggression as central to masculinity. I'll tell you, I've had people close to me have to deal with the mental health apparatus in this country recently, and I say this to you, trying to help them through it is basically impossible. You have no options, you're constantly left in a helpless situation, and it leaves you completely crushed both, both, both emotionally and physically. It's a lot of freaking fun. Your prayers are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Long story short, it sucks. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit in that world that can be plucked, and it has the added twin bonuses of actually making a difference and not breaking constitutional rights. Sounds like a win-win. One other thing, and this is going to be uncomfortable, and I hope you're prepared for it. We highlighted a bunch of blue check marks incorrectly blaming white people for the Colorado shooting earlier this week, and it was fun. It was fun to mock them when it became clear that they were wrong about this shooting. But that's not the main reason their comments were a problem. It's not even the overt and obvious racism involved. The bigger issue is that this perception that only white people are mass shooters is completely false. I told you this was going to get uncomfortable, so prepare yourself. Mass shooters are not exclusively white. They are not nearly all white. They are not even disproportionately white. This isn't coming from me. This is coming from data compiled by mother freaking Jones and is being analyzed by Slate. Neither one a bastion for conservative thought, as you might know. As Slate points out, the, consensus, uh, the census showed whites to make up 76.9% of the population, but they only made up about 56% of the mass shooters. Now, we are going to get even a little more uncomfortable, so I'm just going to just freaking quote Slate straight out. Quote, those Mother Jones identifies uh, as black. Rep those Mother Jones identifies as black represent 17% of the mass shooters in the database versus an estimated 13.3% of the population. Now, normally, of course, saying something like that would be the most uncomfortable place in our little journey. But given the recent news, it's about to get even more uncomfortable. Quote. 
perpetrators that Mother Jones classifies as Asian make up 7.4% of the data set versus an estimated 5.7% of the population. Of all the groups mentioned, no other group is more overrepresented among mass shooters per capita than Asians. Again, this doesn't come from me. It comes from the data and Slate, who basically blames the problem on white privilege, we should note. They're not exactly a conservative source. We can argue about that one another day. But what you absolutely cannot, under any circumstance, assert is that white people are committing more mass shootings than would be expected based on their population size. Take that fact and add to it the complete ineffectiveness of the gun control laws being proposed and the failure of even more extreme measures taken around the world, and you have to start to wonder whether this is really about something else. It's not about gun control, it's about control. Glenn Beck has a big special on this tonight and what we can do about it. You can get a Blaze TV subscription and check it out, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew for 10 bucks off. Glenn joins us here for a preview. Next. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be challenging. It can be brutal. It can be devastating. It can be terrible. You got to have a real estate agent you can trust. Someone who knows the area. Someone who knows the best repair people around. Someone who can get them to your freaking house. I mean, I've had that problem before. You might know who the best repair person is. Uh, you might be the best person to fix something wrong with your home. But if they're not showing up at your house because they're on 9 million other jobs, it's not going to help you that much. A good real estate agent is sort of a full service person, someone who can come in and see the entire picture and say, okay, maybe you should change this room around this way. Take that picture of your ugly kid down off the wall. Oh my gosh, is that your kid? Holy crap, take it down. They don't really say that to you, but they mean it. They, they're thinking it in your head if you have an ugly kid. And if you said, that's me, it's really you calling your kid ugly, not me. Just saying. com is the place to go to find the person who's going to be best equipped to get your house sold for the most money, or if you're buying, get the best price when you're buying. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Get someone who's been screened and gone through a process. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Moderately kind of happy to welcome back to the program Glenn Beck. Glenn will be live tonight right here on Blaze TV at 9 p.m. Eastern, immediately after this show. Don't miss it. Welcome to the program, Glenn. Mm. <laughs> You're moderately excited to be here. No, I'm less than less than much excited to be here. All right, I want to talk, start with this. Uh, we promoted a show you were going to do all week. Yeah, we talked about it. Talked uh -huh. about it was about uh, how they were going to implement mm -hmm. uh, eternal mm -hmm. wokeness mm -hmm. on our society. It sounded really interesting. The uh, promotions department. Yeah, uh, at Blaze, mm -hmm. love me. Yeah, today. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, we made a big change. Yeah, because there was this special that we had for tonight is really important. Uh, I was going to tie together how uh, the what the banks are going to do, and it's actually going to play a role. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but it, it'll actually play a role in what's going to happen with gun control. Um, and, but because of the shooting this week and the, the approach now that's that's happening on Capitol Hill, uh, I thought it was really important that we talk about the history of gun control, we talk about what really happened, um, you know, in the 19, uh, 1990s. The New York Times is saying that's all wonderful. Um, and I know we've covered it already, but we're going to touch on that a little bit. 
Um, we need to separate fact from fiction. And most importantly, most of the show is uh, about what is happening in the country to stop gun control. Uh, mm. And it is it's really sweeping the nation. But most people don't know it. And it, it's being led by the counties in our country. Um, it is when you look at the map and I'll show it tonight, when you look at the map and you see the counties that are saying we are a sanctuary county, we're not going to let the feds, we're not going to help them on anything that they want on gun control. We will not help them. Um, it's overwhelming when you look at it. Only four states have passed the legislation, but another 20 are working on it right now. So let's go to the sanctuary thing for a second. The, the idea of being a sanctuary state where we're not going to help the federal government implement their illegal gun grabs. Yeah. Right? We're not going to do that. Uh, I, of course, like this concept, right? I like the idea that uh, the Tenth Second Amendment. Amendment actually counts and mm-hmm. the Tenth Amendment actually counts. Um, however, we're all on record saying we think sanctuary cities are a bad no, idea no. No, on, no, 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 on no, illegal no. immigration, aren't we? Uh, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. And those are two separate topics. Uh, sanctuary cities are not enforcing laws meant to take lawbreakers off our streets and to keep our country safe because we have a border for a reason. They're saying we're not we're going to disregard all of those laws mm-hmm. that are are constitutionally really required to keep our country a country. Yeah, this one there's no border amendment at all in the in the Bill of Rights. This is the second amendment, and it's the clearest amendment shall not be infringed. Um, and if you lose this one, you lose everything. You lose the first. You, you lose all of the rights. You, you look at what's happening um, right now in Washington. They're demonizing half the country. You'll notice and we go into this tonight. You'll notice how the how the tone changed this week. And first it was all about white people and white people are bad. And this was a white shooter. Uh, And then when we found out, oh, no, he's from Syria. He's a Muslim. He might be crazy. And he hated Donald Trump. All of a sudden it became about the gun. Yeah. Okay. they are trying to demonize if they would have had the double uh, the double whammy here a white guy who voted for Trump and uh, an assault weapon, they would have they would have used it like nobody's business. And half the country, anybody who voted for Trump or who disagrees with their policies are going to be called extremists. That is coming. It was going to come this week had he been white and a Trump lover. But it is coming at some point. You must be able to defend yourself, the states must stand. You lose the Second Amendment, you lose freedom of speech. And don't think that's not coming. It's already here. It's already here. Are you surprised at all at how predictable, in a way, this this is? I mean, you have no, a shooting. I, they blame racism first. If they can go to misogyny, they'll go there next. If mm. those things don't apply, then it's guns. Yeah, um, I, I'm not surprised by it. I'm surprised how stupid most Americans are at this point that they just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is it, it is as if most of our countrymen are blind. They just and it's and it's it's because 
uh, educationally just been destroyed by the left. Um, we have all picked up our devices and we're all now living in the Google world and the Facebook world. We get our news and we only hear the sources that agree with us. And if if Google doesn't agree with us, it's hard to find your source. Um, we're not paying attention. We're not responsible citizens. Uh, and I just can't believe the number of people that are just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, you're not holding back there. Uh, I, uh, I've never felt that. You know that. I've always yeah. believed in the American people. I don't know. I'm get. I'm running out of patience. <laughs> Dumb as a box of rocks at times. It really is frustrating. I mean, I because I, I, these concepts... It's hard to because I feel like a lot of times we just say constitution and people's eyes glaze over because they just think, oh, old, dusty document that doesn't apply anymore. I'm not saying our audience, but like generally speaking, the American people are like, well, that's not affecting me today. It's just this old thing. These concepts are outdated um, and they don't they don't internalize it and, and see the importance of it. It's beyond they don't see the importance of it. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, right, the filmmaker. No, not Daniel Horowitz. Daniel's a conservative. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Um, David Horowitz? David Horowitz. Okay. Um, he went out onto the campus of Yale, and he asked people to sign. These are Yale students at the, uh, in front of the. Oh, Ami, Ami, you're talking about Ami, Ami Horowitz. Horowitz. Yes. That's right. With a lot of Horowitzes um, yeah. on this program. Uh, had them in front of the law library. Will you sign a petition to get rid of the Constitution? Okay, abolish the Constitution. He was overwhelmed with support. Like two people said, I don't know. One person said, no, everybody else signed it. It is an obstacle. It is. It's stopping us from progressing. It is old. It hasn't done anything. These are these are not just random people. You're at a mall who don't know anything about this. Right. These are Yale students students going into the Yale Law Library. That is terrifying. Terrifying. So do you think the Democrats are going to move and say, we want the filibuster to be gone? We're going to push it through no matter what. Is this the issue that they they toss? I think it is, but not this time. They're going to try for common sense. Okay, Um, but they don't have they don't have the trifecta. They don't have the Trump supporter an automatic weapon and a lot of people dead. They need that. They need that. Um, They've had two shootings, but now you get one more shooting and it's the trifecta. Then you'll say, we tried to pass common sense and they wouldn't do it. It's time to get rid of the filibuster. They need one. I think they need one more time. Will they try to do it now? Yeah, I think they will. Will they be able to do it? I think they will, maybe not this time, but the next. And there will be a next time. And, and that's been our concern from the beginning with people like Manchin and Cinema, who are saying they don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. In reality, when it comes down to it, they'll just come up with an excuse that gives them clearance, right? Yes, I know I said that, but I didn't think the Republicans would be this bad and this important of a time. There's always yeah. an excuse. Yeah, the, I mean, they will do this on the voting rights. I mean, you've heard what mm-hmm. they were saying just today. The Republicans are, are eroding the right to vote by, by saying we won't give the power to the government to oversee the vote, that it belongs, as it always has been in the Constitution, to the states. 
How is that eroding? You're adding new laws. Yeah. But they once they have that narrative and people don't pay attention, it, it could be over quickly. And it's not going to just be with guns, right? It's it's maybe tax increases, maybe the, climate change. The reason why the special tonight immediately, you know, when I changed course, I said the name of it is control is not only because our book that came out years ago on gun control is called control. If you don't have a copy of it, you should. Yes. So there's, it's filled. It is filled with, with the every truth and the facts. information on yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Um, but because that's all this is about tonight's special, the one that we pushed to next week was also about control, financial control. Mm. Everything that this administration is doing, everything that the large corporations and the uh, and the um, uh, public-private partnerships are doing right. is all about control of the average individual. Talk about the, uh, these, the combination here for a second. I don't know if you're going to touch on this tonight, but you've touch, touched on it before. That uh, companies, that banks are now uh, going after... Uh, weapons manufacturers, gun stores, anyone ammunition. who buys a gun, yep. ammunition providers. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, overturning the Second Amendment, which would be difficult to do, you just have giant banks that do all the financing for these companies and they're ripping out their financial foundation so they can't do business. It's why Christy Nome, in my opinion, is right. Now, that doesn't mean that she's actually going to do what she says she's going to do. But for the moment... She's right in what she's saying on why she's moving in a different direction. Um, It's not about the NCAA. It's about the NCAA and all of their allies. I mean, you have most corporations that are all woke. You have financial, all woke. You have all these people. It's not just the NCAA you're taking on. It's the entire corporate world. Mm -hmm. That you're taking on. You can't do that alone. It's it's why at the end of this special tonight, when we talk about what you can do and what's happening across America, it is vital. We, We are all going to hang together or we will surely hang separately. We have to have coalitions because the coalition against us involves all of the corporations and financial markets. You're, you're not going to win that standing alone. No, it's a, it's no. a big battle. Yeah. Uh, it's and, they're, be and they're already, I mean, you have to ask yourself, they say, we're not coming to take your guns away. We just think that, you know, you shouldn't have high capacity magazines and you, you know, you shouldn't have a, an assault weapon. Then why do you want, why is one of your proposals to tax uh, ammunition almost out of oblivion? I mean, you, sure, you could you could buy that fifty cents around if you could find it at fifty cents around right now. Fifty cents around, but it'll have fifty percent tax on it as well, or a hundred percent tax. Mm-hmm. So that round it cost you fifty cents now costs you a dollar. Well, I know because because people are so freaked out. Ammunition is almost impossible to get. Uh, yeah, I know when I had to buy it, I had to wait, and it, it popped in. They were like, "Buy it right now," right now. and it's expensive. Yeah, so. I go and I go to the shooting range all the time. I I like shooting. So uh, I go to the shooting range all the time. I haven't been to the shooting range in a while because the ammunition, it's A, too expensive, and I don't know if I can replace it. Mm -hmm. That makes things more dangerous. 
Unfortunately for me, my guns were lost in a terrible boating accident. Are you kidding? Uh, That's yeah. when your boat hit my boat. That's There's right. We had that boat collision. Yeah. That's right. And all, all the guns, all the weapons went to the bottom of that river, or was it a lake, lake or the ocean pond? I don't remember. I don't remember where it, it was. We'll, either. Have to, we'll never Darn find that out. Well, the sheriff comes. We'll make sure to tell him. Yeah, of course. Um, before you go, uh, our friend, uh, former coworker Ted Webb. Mm. Uh, it, you know, has had kidney issues and several other health, health I issues. Love Ted. Ted's a great freaking guy. He did uh, AM Tampa Bay on WFLA from 1994 to 2017. Yeah. Um, and, you know, stepped out uh, a few years ago, uh, is now moving into hospice. Uh, you know, he's just he's had a, a, a fight that he's fought for a long time and he's ready. He thinks he not it's only time. F- affected me as a listener of his. Yeah. Um, uh, but he affected me as a person and as a talent. It was people like Ted Webb who, when nobody believed in me, hmm. he would always be like, go get him. Go get him. Yeah, he was fearless. Yeah, he was fearless. And he believed in me when, at a time when I was questioning myself. Um, he's, there's a lot of people that can take credit for stuff and do like to take credit for stuff. He deserves some credit for any of our success. He, he was a remarkable yeah. co-worker. Great guy, a fearless guy, a very funny guy. I and love his humor. Deadpan. I mean, he, to the point, he would he make you uncomfortable. Was, at some point, he became friends with Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And Leslie Nielsen, you remember he would always be on, like, Carson or something. He had the fart bag, okay? <laughs> and it was this little device that Leslie had made. And you put it in your hand and you can't see it. And it gives you the most realistic farts you've ever heard. And Leslie Nielsen used to do it all the time. Ted was better at it, I think, than Leslie. And you just didn't know. I mean, it was so awkward because he would do it. Like you mentioned on the radio, he would do it in a meeting. It's dead silent, serious moment. Yeah. And then he would just let this thing rip, and, and it he would last would, like eight seconds. And then he would just, and he would, he is so great because he, he would go. <laughs> the breath. And then the uh, breath not say anything. Yeah, not say anything. It was brilliant. Uh, Ted Webb, a great guy, and I know uh, he influenced both of us. And just uh, thank you, Ted, for everything you've done for us. Yeah, real stand up. Thank guy. you. Um, so thank you so much. Show is 9 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like a front row seat, be sure to lock in your Blaze TV subscription now. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. You'll get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Actually, no, wait, tonight there is a special code. So if you want to save an extra 10 bucks, uh, use the code control yeah. tonight. Uh, and just suffer through the rest of this show because the real show is coming up I mean, I just, in just a few minutes. I even p- push people to your promo code and you still wreck the show on the that's way right. out. That's right. Unbelievable. Control, save 20%, not his measly 10. (laughs) All right, back in a second. So Oakland is jumping on the universal basic income bandwagon a little bit. Uh, Now, you might be familiar with universal basic income. Andrew Yang uh, did a big, uh, big presentation on that throughout. It was basically the only thing he said during the campaign. Uh, seemed like a nice guy, but really didn't have more than one policy proposal, at least one that he talked about. He's running for governor, or excuse me, mayor of New York, it looks like, by the way. But uh, universal basic income is where you basically give people cash for no reason. They didn't do anything for the cash. You just give it to them so they can spend it on whatever they want. It's not a program where they're getting specific things like food stamps, per se. This is just you're giving them cash and letting them go buy whatever they want. If they want to buy you know, uh, food, great. If they want to buy an Xbox, fine. 
Whatever they want to buy, they get to buy with the money you're giving them. Um, now, one thing that's interesting, because you know, universal basic income has been tried sort of all around the world and in the United States in several uh, different cities and, and areas. And one thing that's been pretty consistent about all the experiments with it is they've all um, failed. Uh, they haven't done anything. Uh, it's not worked at all, but people keep trying it over and over again as if at some point it will turn around and start working. Maybe it will. Maybe this will be the time, especially because Oakland has come up with a new sort of spin on it, a different flavor of universal basic income, a lot less universal. That's kind of the spin. Instead of giving it to everybody, they're just giving it to people that aren't white. Um, 18, buck, or 18 months, 500 bucks a month to BIPOCs. Of course, those are black and indigenous people of color. So I guess it wouldn't be BIPOCs. That would be the wrong plural. Just be BIPOC, okay? BIPOC people. People who, no, that would be people of color people. That wouldn't make any sense. Just BIPOC, okay? They're not giving it to whitey. That I can tell you. And thank God for that because you know what? Every single problem in this country is based on white people. And now you know. Kind of the little star comes through. Now you know. Uh, after school special reminder from the Stu Does America program. We do have an actual reminder we'd like to occasionally bring out so that people remember. And this is just, it's just a safety tip. You don't have to follow it. Many people are not following it, but let me just reiterate it one more time for you. Never in your entire life make a decision for any reason based on skin color. Ta-da! just seemed like something that used to be easy to follow, apparently very difficult in Oakland. So that's going on. Uh, the border situation is still heating up as well. We now have hundreds of migrant kids testing positive for COVID-19 in the shelters, which is a good, uh, good positive uh, take. About 7.4% of tests giving, given to unaccompanied minors last year turned out to be positive, which is actually a little bit lower than I would have guessed, uh, considering the issues Mexico has had in particular with COVID. Um, it has been about 10% in certain facilities. We heard about one group a couple weeks ago that was at 26%, but the overall rate being around 7.4% um, over the past year. I'm trying to think of how I put that in perspective. I mean, we were lower than that for a good chunk of time. Um, so that's a little bit higher than you, you'd want it to be, but not necessarily completely out of control. The border itself is completely out of control, and Joe Biden has come up with a solution for it. Throw it at Kamala Harris. If, this is a, I like this. This is a new approach. It used to be this whole, like, the buck stops here thing that presidents did, where they'd take on the hardest challenges, and they'd be the one making the speeches about, you know, Maybe the one on TV all the time talking about war, second, you know, war with Japan and, and, and all of the big challenges. Uh, that would always be the president. Last couple of presidents have come up with this great idea. What if we just have the VP do the hard ones? And so you know, Trump kind of did that with Pence at the beginning. He didn't really want to be bothered with it. He just said, you know what, uh, Pence, you go take it. And then eventually, after like 10 minutes, Trump wound up taking the, uh, the reins anyway and was on TV all the time talking about it. Here, I think Biden is just like, I don't, want, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. We obviously screwed this up. What if I can ruin Kamala's future run by giving this crap heap to her? So that's what he's going to try to do uh, on the border. We'll follow that for you. Uh, Jay Leno has apologized for making anti-Asian jokes like back in the 90s. This is an interesting one because Jay Leno... You know, he's, he's a Democrat. He's, no, he's not a conservative, but I think he has a lot of pretty sensible uh, critiques of things like cancel culture. 
uh, and uh, I think has been relatively sane in, in the world, uh, even though I don't agree with him on a lot of politics stuff. He says this, at the time I did the jokes, I genuinely thought them to be harmless. I was making fun of our enemy, North Korea, and like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to them. At the time, there was a prevailing attitude that some group is always going to be complaining about something, so don't worry about it. Whether we received a complaint, there would always be two sides of the discussion. Either we need to deal with this or screw them if they can't take a joke. Too many times I sided with the latter, even in my, though in my heart I knew it was wrong. Uh, in the light of that, Leno said, I am issuing this apology. I do not consider this particular case to be another example of cancel culture, but a legitimate wrong that was done on my part. The group he's uh, been working with, uh, an Asian-American group that uh, has been talking to him about these jokes over the years, they've been very gracious to accept the apology. I hope that Asian-American community will be able to accept it as well, and I hope I can live up to their ex expectations in the future. It's interesting. It's an interesting worded apology. Now, he's still saying, hey, cancel culture is a thing, and I'm not saying that this is cancel culture. It's not. It's just me noticing that I did something wrong, and I just want to make it right. I mean, obviously, Jay Leno has very little at risk at this point. He's been, uh, you know, he has some side projects here and there, but I don't think he's really at risk of losing them. Most of the jokes, by the way, were about, uh, about Asians eating dog. Uh, so it wasn't like he was making, I mean, you know, look, I'm sure that might be offensive to some, um, but it wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't uh, making overtly racist jokes every night, uh, though he himself felt he went too, too far. And okay, uh, you know, look, I think, it's one thing for you to apologize for something that you feel like you did when you weren't really being pressured. It's another thing uh, to have this sort of cancel culture, boycott culture thing going on. Before we leave, I want to leave you with uh, Megan McCain. She's also apologizing. She got called up by John Oliver in a monologue and uh, basically uh, some came out and uh, has now apologized because she said she thought it was okay for Trump to call uh, coronavirus the China virus back in March of 2020 she's now apologizing and saying well I do understand that it was hate of Trump I will say this we did a show called Stu does the Wuhan virus back in March of 2020 um, I think I watched it pretty recently I, I stand by it it's not about hating Asians it's where it came from so it's kind of helpful to be able to understand the difference thing the things I haven't heard anybody apologize to the Brits for calling it the British variant. I haven't heard anybody apologize to South Africa for calling it the South African variant. I haven't heard anybody apologize to Brazil for calling it the Brazilian variant. For some reason, this is the one thing we all have to apologize for. And frankly, that's just not my thing. I'm not going to apologize for something that isn't hurtful and isn't racist. So go back, watch that show. Stu does the Wuhan virus. Back in a second. Oh, how much I love freaking ice cream. Yes, Brooker's Founding Flavors ice cream. We're talking about the most delicious treat you're ever going to try. And it is incredible. I mean, we're talking about the most super premium ice cream. I don't remember all the numbers. I think like normal ice cream has like, I don't know, a few percent butter fat. You can get up to the super premium stuff that has like 12% butter fat. Uh, like Brooker's has 16. I mean, it's like well above any ice cream you've ever had. If you've never had ice cream like this, you need to try Brooker's Founding Flavors. Um, it's all themed really in a really cool way. They, you know, with the, the, the Founding Fathers, these are people who love America. These are people who listen to The Blaze, who listen to the radio show, people who love the country, 
and don't just they're not Ben and Jerry. I'll tell you that much. You're not supporting communism when, when you buy Brooker's Founding Flavors ice cream. Now, is it more expensive? Well, it's being shipped to your house. It's being shipped in, uh, in, in you know, dry ice. It's going to cost a little bit more, but I will say it. Totally worth it. If you're going to eat ice cream, why shovel the store brand into your mouth? I mean, if you're going to look like me, you might as well friggin' enjoy the ride, right? Brookersicecream.com. They've got fantastic flavors, tons of them, and they're all awesome. Ship nationwide tab on Brookersicecream.com. Go to Brookersicecream.com. Click the Ship Nationwide tab. Go through the flavors and then devour them all. It's very important for you to know that Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. And Chris Cuomo is worse.com. But is that true? Is Chris Cuomo actually worse? A lot of people think it. Uh, I'm just the one that says it. Just the way this works. Um, the ratings uh, for Chris Cuomo's show are sort of telling you that Chris Cuomo is worse. At least, uh, at least his ratings are, are, are pointing in that direction. Cuomo primetime averaged 1.31 million viewers during the week of March 15th, the show's smallest total since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I don't know. People are trying to say that this is tied into Andrew Cuomo. Basically, the theory goes, hey, Andrew and Chris are, are brothers. They were going on the show all the time. And now uh, the failure of Andrew Cuomo is, is sinking Chris as well. I tend to think this is just more broadly CNN. CNN built its entire channel for four or five years on the back of Donald Trump. And now Donald Trump's not around. You know, Donald Trump's doing his own thing. He's building something, they say. He's releasing, he's doing some press releases. He's doing his thing down in Florida playing golf. And he's just not around anymore. And, you know, even if he was around, he wouldn't be president of the United States. So uh, I think CNN viewers who are completely obsessed with Donald Trump are bored. What, are they going to tune in to hear Chris Cuomo's opinion on something? Do you know how insane that would be to do? Any person who tuned in to hear what Chris Cuomo had to say about any topic would be completely nuts. So that's not what they're doing. I think the ratings are falling off just because Trump's not there and they're bored of the shtick. It's not because of Andrew Cuomo going down. But I will say, I like Andrew Cuomo so little that I can believe this. Uh, just, just to make myself happy. I don't actually believe it's true, but I, I feel like it, I want it to be true. And sometimes that's enough. Back in a second. Thanks for hanging out this long. If you're here, you're one of the cool kids. Thanks for being a member of the Cool Kids Club. Click like on the video and check out my Instagram page if you don't mind and subscribe there. You can get all the links in the bio. Uh, to watch the show and listen wherever you can. Uh, we also have these in stock. If you happen to be, uh, if your governor sucks, you need one of them. Anyone else for governor? Looks like kind of like a campaign mug. Uh, there's also shirts and stuff there too. You can get hey, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, it works for Gavin Newsom. Works for any of your crappy governors. Uh, go get them. Before we leave, a lot, there's been a lot of attempts to turn people into environmentalists and get people excited about it. It's one of the least popular issues in our culture, and it never really connects with people. It's always one of the lowest priority issues. This may change things. This may change things. Uh, a book by Dr. Shauna Swan, um, she says uh, that men's um, appendages are shrinking because of global warming and pollution. I mean, I think a lot of guys are going to be like, hey, you know what? Uh, it's not my fault. It's the pollution, uh, honey. I will say, if, if if she's married, her husband had to be like, what What book did you write? Do you know what people are going to think? I mean, come on. 